Hello, and welcome to another episode of To Grow Good. I'm so excited that you're here, friend, and I'm so excited to be sharing another conversion story this week with you. Tonight, we have Dale joining us, and he's going to be sharing his incredible journey from hard drugs to deep faith, and it is a wild story. I know bits and pieces from talking to Dale before before tonight, but I'm really excited to dig in and just hear the whole the whole thing. So thank you for joining us. And I hope you've been enjoying the conversion stories so far. It's been already, we've only had a couple conversion stories of the season so far, but I feel like every single one is has just been mind-blowing in its own way, just the ways that the Lord works in each one of our hearts to draw us closer and deeper into relationship with him. So let's welcome Dale on uh, on to, to Grow Good. Welcome, Dale. Hi, Rachel. Great Hi. to be here. It's so good to have you. We're so excited to have you here tonight. Um, could you start us out just by sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do right now? Well, uh, right now I live in uh, Bonita Springs. Um, I am, uh, you know, I would say my faith is the biggest uh, part of my life. I spend a lot of my time uh, working on my relationship with God. Um, as for work, uh, I work as a uh, physical therapist assistant in a skilled nursing facility. And I work as a uh, PCT or CNA, they call them, uh, certified nursing assistant uh, in a hospital setting um, on the night shift. So I work part of the week on the nights. And then uh, later in the week, I switch back to the days for the uh, skilled nursing facility, physical therapist assistant. Uh, right now, I am actually a patient myself. I um, injured my back back in November. So um, I had to, right now, I'm just working part-time at one of my jobs and going through rehab to try to get my back uh, stronger and uh, strengthen around my back to prevent it from another injury. So it's getting better. Um, I'm hoping to get back to full-time work, hopefully in the next couple weeks or maybe two, three weeks, hopefully, God willing. Um, but um, yeah, and that's um, a little bit about myself anyways. Awesome. Yeah. Prayers. Let's all lift up Dale in prayer and just obviously for healing. And that's amazing, the work that you do helping others too. And that's just a beautiful way to give back to to others. So let's all lift Dale up for healing prayers this week. <laughs> um, and I wanted to remind anyone watching that you can pop at any time into the chat questions. And at the end, we'll open it up for a Q&A and we'll take those questions and uh, let him respond to them. Hello. Yay. Thanks for joining. We got someone joining yeah. in the chat. That's great to see. So yes, please feel free to ask questions at any time and we will get to those at the end. All right. Well, let's dive into your story. If you could just maybe walk us back to the beginning of what your journey in the faith has been like for you, um, whether you grew up in the church or with any sort of faith at all um, and what God kind of meant to you growing up. And then if you can remember a moment where 
you realize that he was really there and that he was real all along. Um, I would love to hear just your journey. Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I was raised uh, Catholic. Uh, my parents were uh, practicing Catholics and fairly devout uh, practicing Catholics. And, you know, I went through all of the uh, general sacraments of the faith, baptism, um, Eucharist, reconciliation, confirmation. Um, however, I was never really personally involved in my faith. It was always something I had to do because my parents wanted me to do. And I went through the religious education and, you know, wasn't all that interested in the faith. And by the time uh, that was kind of through high school and uh, at the time college came around, I saw it as an opportunity. I grew up in a small town and went to a big college at University of Florida. And um, with my brother, my brother had transferred that same year from New Mexico State University to University of Florida. And I began college there. And at that time, that was an opportunity for me. It was freedom for my parents, my chance to spread my wings and do what I wanted to do. And um, unfortunately, faith went out the window. I stopped praying. I stopped going to church. I stopped really any activity in my faith. Um, I was always conscientious with my education and always wanted to get good grades. So that was never an issue for me um, and was studying engineering. And one of the main goals that I wanted to accomplish was finding out where the parties were at this big school, you know, and uh, my brother was right on board with me. And it didn't, it took, uh, you know, it didn't take long for us to get involved with friends and, you know, drinking and uh, marijuana and that type of thing, uh, which was not unusual on, on campus there. Um, back in the late 90s, this was 1996 uh, through 2001, I was there. And anyhow, one summer, um, that wasn't enough uh, for me. I wanted to experience something uh, more intense. So uh, myself and several other people, we got into this kick to try uh, something called a hallucinogen called mushrooms. So we went out and uh, picked all these mushrooms from a uh, cow pasture, which in retrospect was fairly dangerous being you can get something poisonous. You really don't know what you're uh, picking. And anyhow, we decided one night to to try these. And, you know, we didn't really know how much to eat uh, because they're just kind of there and there's no dosage amount or anything like that. So I started having these. And um, to make a long story short, um, I ate a good amount of these, uh, possibly too much, I'm not sure but I started having a very bad experience um, with these drugs. And, and the way looking back, how I can explain it is some of my anxieties that I would have were heightened to such a degree that they became traumatic. 
Um, so you can picture, anyone can picture some anxieties they have, picture them, you know, getting uh, amplified to such a degree that they become, uh, you know, um, so intense that they become traumatic. And that lasted for about the duration, they call it a trip, for about the duration of the trip, which was about maybe eight hours. And my hope was that when this trip was done, that things would return back to normal. But much to my disappointment, that was not the case. Uh, when the trip ended, um, the anxieties remained. And not only that, but I knew that I had done damage to my mind, to my person. Um, something was marked, markedly different. And the way I can kind of describe it um, simply is, you know, uh, basically I fell into a pit and uh, the pit was dark. There was no way out and um, it left me very depressed and uh, sad uh, for a long period. And um, and looking back, I didn't want to tell anyone about this. I didn't want to talk with anyone about this. I was very ashamed. I knew that it was myself. I had done this to myself. And I really didn't think anyone would be able to relate to what I was going through. I felt very alone and um, I really didn't know where to turn. And after about six months, I spent a lot of time um, crying and uh, depressed uh, about this. I was still in the party scene, so I was still in the way I would handle things is by more alcohol and even other drugs. I got into other drugs such as ecstasy and other type of drugs, which certainly didn't help the situation. All of those do damage to your brain in different ways. Um, uh, and anyhow, um, after about, uh, that period of about six months, uh, things were not getting any better. Um, and I didn't want to talk with anyone in my past, like my parents or anything like that. Cause I didn't want anyone to really know what had happened to me. And my brother was there through this time and he knew that I was struggling and, um, he gave me a book called uh, Power for Living. And I'll hold it up here, this one. <laughs> um, so. I, I actually recently got that for someone else that had been through a difficult experience. But anyhow, I read this book. And this book was not necessarily a Catholic book. It was a Christian book. And um, it uh, basically was very helpful for me about at the time. It was uh, uh, several different uh, notable famous people who had had success in their lives and they attributed success in their lives to Jesus Christ. And um, the book spoke about, you know, um, that we need Jesus Christ for uh, our salvation and our um, and we can turn to God when we have disasters happen to us when our lives are shattered and broken and we can turn to God and ask for healing and help. And, um, and so that's what I did. I, um, I remembered in a sense, it also helped to have the, the roots of my faith uh, that my parents raised me with. I knew in desperate times to, to turn to God. So 
I got on my knees and um, I prayed and I cried and I prayed and I said, you know, God, I messed up my life. Uh, can you come and can you help me? Um, can you help me to put the pieces back together in my life? And I did this over the course of, you know, multiple times, maybe over the course of a couple of days. And um, shortly after that period, um, I had a dream. And in that dream, um, from what I remember, uh, an angel, I thought it was an angel, I'm not 100% sure, but um, I believe it was an angel, um, touched my head uh, and said, Dale, you don't need to worry anymore. And um, I woke up shortly after that, and I had a piece uh, about, about me. Still, the, uh, everything still remained, the anxieties, the damage to my mind and person all still remained, but it gave me a sense of hope. And uh, shortly after that, um, I had, uh, there was a group called the Gideons passing Bibles out on, on college campus, and I took one of the Bibles, and it was just a New Testament Bible, a uh, Christian Bible, and um, I decided to open up the Bible and start reading. Um, and I opened up, it happened to be the first verse that I opened was in the book of Matthew, and it was, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what poor in spirit meant, but I knew at that time that I was poor in spirit. So, <laughs> um, it really gave me that incentive uh, to keep reading. And, and it was like, I feel that, that that spoke to me, you know, that spoke to me. And... Um, as I kept reading the New Testament and I kept reading the words of Christ, uh, it filled me with a sense of, of hope that, okay, I messed up my life, but it's not over. There's a glimmer of hope. You know, there's a new beginning uh, with, with Christ. You know, it isn't the end, you know, uh, here. Um, what I experience, you know, there's a hope for eternal life and um, hope for heaven. And uh, so I'm still involved in partying. All my friends are still involved in, you know, drinking and partying. And that was all I knew. So I continued in that uh, direction. But at the same time, uh, I started reading more and getting more involved with um with the Bible and, and starting to read more and very gradually, you know, partying was up here and my faith was down here. And very gradually there was a, a change where uh, my faith started increasing and the partying started decreasing. And um, I noticed a different joy uh, in my faith than the joy that I would experience with partying or the high that I would experience with partying where it was a high and then crash, a high and then crash. Whereas uh, the joy with faith was more stable, permanent, um, slow, gradual, and, you know, full of peace. And 
Uh, so that's what began my journey um, in the faith. And um, uh, as I continued to uh, move along, also um, some of my friends who had, uh, including my brother, who had also been heavily involved in partying, also were having on a totally different plane or a totally different way were having some type of conversion experience themselves and uh, notably my brother and one of our good friends and some of my friends didn't have any conversion experience (laughs) Uh, at least there were two others that were going through a similar kind of conversion experience we all had totally different uh, experiences. You know, they didn't have an experience like I did, but they had other experiences and were nevertheless coming to God in some way. Wow. And, um, and then I started seeing God start working more in my life when um, we got a roommate. There were five of us in the apartments and one of our new roommates was a Christian. And they were heavily involved in a program called FCA or Fellowship for Christian Athletes. And they invited uh, me and I believe my brother, I can't remember, to a Fellowship of Christian Athletes meeting. And this was really influential for me at the time because it was I saw it as it made the faith look Uh, cool, so to speak. Uh, There were all different college kids there. Um, You know, some of them very attractive, which was important for me at the time. And, um, and they were all there praising God, reading the Bible and uh, singing praise and worship music. And there would be a speaker there and they would give a testimony about uh, their lives or such like that. And Um, So that was another thing that uh, kind of helped me in my journey. And then um, as things kept developing, um, one of the big uh, milestones was when me, my brother, and the friend that I was speaking about, we all decided to try going back to church. Uh, And once I started going back to church, that really opened up the doors to God's grace in my life and really aided to my conversion. And it was very gradual. I remember times when me, my brother, my friend, we were all still involved with partying. And we'd go out to the clubs with our WWJD bracelets on, you know, what would Jesus do? And people would be like, you know, you hypocrites, you know. But it, nevertheless, we were still, we were on the journey. You, you know, we were on the journey. We were not there yet. And yes, we were hypocritical, you know, uh, but we were not there yet. And very, that transformation occurred very gradually. And um, eventually, by the time that happened, all of that began, the experience with the mushroom was in my sophomore year in college. And uh, three years later, by the time of my graduation, I had completely partying, was completely out of my life. No more drinking, no more smoking, no more uh, drugs or anything like that. And faith was really a big part of my life. And um, 
I even at that point, uh, to make a long story short, um, I applied to a religious order. So I applied oh. to Franciscans religious order. And um, although I di it didn't work out at the time, it was a really great experience where I got to travel to um, some of the houses of the brothers of the Franciscans and um, see how they live their lives and, and such like that. And anyhow, my life, uh, thanks be to God, took uh, turns in different, uh, in different ways. I started working in computer engineering at, and this was a blessing at a, um, at a, at a company that made software for the blind and visually impaired. So um, I really felt God guided me uh, in that direction. Um, and I met uh, really amazing people there, very inspiring people. And uh, my faith journey uh, continued. Now, um, I eventually, I, I after about four or five years, unfortunately, I lost my position there. But uh, God opened up the door to get back into um, or to get into healthcare, which is uh, where I am now. Um, as I mentioned, as a physical therapist assistant and certified nursing assistant, and. Um, uh, and God, you know, very gradually and, and going back to earlier, you know, originally when this originally happened to me, like I mentioned, I did not want to talk with anyone. I didn't want to socialize with anyone. I had a lot of anxiety around people. And I really believe that God uh, healed me in many ways. I still have issues. I still have anxieties and I still have um uh, issues, some of which I believe stem from that uh, incident still, and this is 25 years later mm -hmm. or whatever. But nevertheless, God uh, has enabled me to um, to not only uh, to, to work with people uh, and to be able to restore some of the relationships with my parents and stuff like that, that uh, formerly were uh, at a loss uh, after that incident. Um, so, uh, you know, and now it's a different, it's a different story when I have, uh, anxieties and when I have worries, I know where to turn now. I lift up, you know, my worries, my, my anxieties in prayer. And, um, I really, um, developed a fond devotion for the rosary. And I find that so many of my anxieties and worries and prayers are answered or appeased or, um, are resolved via the rosary and via the prayers of the rosary. And, um, that would be my, I would say, number one devotion, um, and so that's where I am today. You know, like I say, I still have challenges, but um, uh, thanks God, uh, all of those negative influences are out of my life, uh, be it um, the, uh, you know, the partying and everything that goes along with it, the clubbing and the sexual immorality and everything that goes along with that scene uh, are out of my life. So I'm, I'm growing more on healthy ground, you know, with faith and uh, my relationship with God and 
um, you know, trying to love and serve in my daily life, you know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. What a story. That's wild. I just, I don't even know. Whenever I hear these stories, I'm just blown away because when you look back on it, it's just, I'm sure when you're living in it, it feels like there's no way out, you know, like you were really in this really dark place and just how he uses people in our lives to reach us, you know, like how your brother gave you that book. And it sounds like your brother wasn't maybe fully yet having his full conversion, but yet something in him spurred him to give you this book when you were, you know, going through a really hard period and how that just made such an impact on your life. And now, you know, I think about it now and it's like, it seems so simple just giving someone a book, you know, but then you hear stories like this and it like can totally change the trajectory of someone's life. Just, just like if you feel that little nudge to give someone a book or invite them to mass or whatever it might be, just even just praying for them right in that moment. Like if you feel that little nudge, just to do it because you have no idea what that person is going through and how much that, that gesture and that yes to God in that moment is going to impact their life and their own faith journey. And so you just sharing that, I don't know, it just totally inspired me to be open to those invitations to reaching out to others, whether it be with a book or something you just found interesting or a podcast episode, because you just have no idea where they're at in their journey along the way. Yeah. I wanted that, to, oh, go ahead. Uh, that actually, now that you mention it, that happened on three occasions in my life where someone gave me a book. The first was, like I mentioned, where the gentleman passing the Gideon's Bible uh, out gave me that Bible on campus. And uh, the second was the power for live, or the first was the power for living, second was the Gideon's. And then the third I forgot to mention was after college, my sister I uh, had mailed me. Uh, I was still really involved more in the Christian uh, faith with FCA and and um, the Bible I was reading. My sister gave me a big box of Catholic books, like uh, books on the Eucharist and the saints. And um, there was one particular book that I remember reading that really influenced me. It was uh, Bob and Penny Lord. Um, God rest their souls. Uh, they uh, wrote a book called Saints and Other Powerful Men in the Church. And it was a book about St. Francis of Assisi and St. Padre Pio and St. John Vianney and uh, other saints in the church. And I read some of these stories and I was like, I want to be like these guys, you know, that I saw, saw and read, you know, their miracles and um, just the, the larger than life uh, lives that they lived. And I, it really inspired me. Um, wow. So, yeah, you know, on three occasions, um, uh, I was uh, and actually someone actually recently I actually um uh, this was kind of going what you said, but I recently got a book. My mom gave me this one for Christmas. Um, this one's from Matthew Kelly, uh, Life is Messy. 
And I just wanted to read just a little bit uh, from this um, that really was helpful for me and kind of along the lines of what you were saying as well, Rachel, but uh, just this one paragraph. It says, uh, everyone has their own mess to contend with. Our tendency is to think that we are the only ones with a mess, that our mess is messier, more embarrassing, more shameful than other people's mess. It isn't so. You know, so just like you say, when you give someone a book or something like that, you don't know what that person is going through. And and those people, some had an idea of what I might have been going to. They, they saw me maybe struggling or suffering, but they probably didn't know because I was very reserved. I really didn't let them know the intensity of what I was going through because I didn't really talk with anyone. But be it the Holy Spirit to guide them to give me those books or uh, whatnot, um, definitely uh, changed my life, you know. Wow. wow. Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's truly just incredible how God works, like, because he knows where our hearts are at and he knows what we're going to say yes to. So it's just like he knows exactly how to reach us. And I love that for you, it was through people you already loved that we're able to just at the perfect time, you know, because I'm sure from their perspective, they probably just felt that, you know, invitation to, hey, maybe I should give these books to Dale or, you know, I think Dale would like this right now with everything that's going on. And then just how God can use that in such incredible ways. And I just, I love to hear that in people's stories and be reminded of that too, that so often in these stories, it's through other people in their life that um, they're brought closer to God in some way. And often that's like the beginning is through someone else, through an invitation. And then they go deeper and deeper and deeper and, and create their own relationship with him. But I love how you told that so beautifully in your story. Um, so yeah, how has he since played a role in your life? You talked about it a little bit, but just do you want to share maybe what one of your biggest challenges has been? in your relationship well, with God and then one of um, your greatest joys. Yeah. So, uh, God has, um, there was, a. um, I met a priest back in, this was back in maybe 2008 or something like that. And, uh, what I would do at the, at the course of every day is I would, you know, kind of write the things that I would do good and, the things that I did bad in the day and, and that type of thing. And he, uh, for some reason, I have no idea why, but we were walking together outside. I didn't set up a meeting. It might've just been, uh, I can't remember what uh, had us walking together outside, but I explained that to him and he goes, you know what? You should really uh, look every day and see where you see God working in your life and write down where you see God working in your day. And ever since then, I started doing that. And that has been one of the, that has been probably the greatest joy that I have in my life right now is looking back in the day and seeing in the day where I saw God working in that day. And when I run through difficult times or uh, times where I'm down or whatnot, is I look back in my notebook and I look through and I see where has God been working in, in the past week, in the past month. 
And it is very encouraging uh, for me to see God working in my life. You know, that is, um, has always been since then a great encouragement for me. Um, one of my biggest challenges uh, is, uh, you know, the, the gospel, some of the, um, you know, the verses. One of the greatest challenges I probably have is uh, obedience, you know, with obedience to superiors, you know, whether that runs in at work, whether that runs in right now, I'm going through therapy and with the doctor and everything like that and trying to listen to what the instructions are, you know, trying to be obedient to uh, whether it's my boss at work and doing something that I don't think is good or really that helpful, you know, so that has been my biggest challenge, uh, you know, trying to be, I think it's St. Paul that says, be obedient to your superiors or whatnot. But yeah, that is a challenge for me. And I struggle with that. And I, I am not there yet, you know, still yeah. working on it. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I think that's so relatable, especially in just like our world and our culture, because it's all about me, 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 you know, and we grow up like just surrounded by that. And so it's just kind of become second nature to us. And then you learn about God and <laughs> it's like you're literally supposed to do the opposite in all things. And it's just, yeah, it's hard to die to self in that way and just totally surrender in humility and trust that, um, you know, God's taking care of things that are beyond our own control. And it's up to us to just, right, live, take the next step, do what's in front of you and trust that the rest is being taken care of, you know, by, by the Lord. Um, but yeah, I love that idea of writing out the things in your day and the ways God is working because I started writing down like the God winks that I call them. Like when something happens, that's just not a coincidence. Like there's no possible way that this is just a coincidence. And I started writing them down. So I have a whole list of them, but I love the idea of breaking it out by day. And really challenging yourself to see what did God do in my life today? And then you can look back, like you were saying, when you're, when you're in a bad, you know, a bad spout or like a, a bad period, you can just look back and see all the ways that God is providing and showing up in your life. So I might have to try that. That's an amazing idea. <laughs> yeah, um, it's really been uh, very helpful for me. And, um, you know, um, and it really gets you to start looking, you know, and, and looking in your day and seeing where God is, is working and how he's working through others, you know, and, you know, and looking back, you know, I've seen so many ways God works, you know, whether it's to encourage me, to discipline me, to um, help me, you know, at, at work or doing this or, or whatnot, you know, there's so many ways that God works sometimes through people, sometimes through animals, sometimes through, you know, different thoughts that come into mind, you know, when, you know, when I'm stressed out about something, an idea that comes into mind that helps to, um, you know, give peace to the situation. You know, there's so many different ways that God, uh, you know, can work in our lives, you know, and everyone's, you know, I remember, I think it was, uh, 
Father Groeschel, I think it was. Father Groeschel, he said, you know, God is is so un, unimaginably great, you know, when you look at the universe and everything like that, that, you know, there's so many different ways that God uh, works in everyone's lives, you know, and everyone a little bit different, you know, he speaks to us in different ways. Sometimes it's even through, you know, I go out and I see a bunny rabbit outside, you know, and it's just like, I really needed to see that rabbit at that time, you know. <laughs> Um, so beautiful. I love that. And just as you were talking, I don't know, something just brought me back to that moment when you were in your darkest time and you got down on your knees and start and prayed. And that was what like just allowed the Lord to break into your life and start to reach you in new ways and just that surrender. Like when we were talking about the humility, I think is like what triggered it, but just like that surrender of you saying like, I need help. And then seeing in your story, like how he has done just that, like he started providing ways for you to get that help for you to get closer to him at, you know, it took time and it was a slow journey, but he was giving you these little invitations like to take the next step and to take the next step. And just day by day, the things that he was providing throughout your life. And I feel like that just in full circle is so much of like what we're talking about right now, just like being aware of the ways that he's working in our lives. And by keeping a journal like this, you're you're basically – opening the door for the Lord to work in those ways because you're inviting that kind of relationship in. You're saying, okay, Lord, like I'm, I'm looking, what are you going to do today? You know what I mean? And then he knows like you, you're, you're open to that and you're looking for that. And so then he's going to work with you with that. He loves that. I mean, I, it's, it's been the same thing in my journey. It's like every time I open a door for him, he will walk through it. Like he will give you whatever it is that you're willing to open up for him to, to give you. And so, yeah, by keeping a journal like that, you're kind of just inviting him into your everyday life. Like, how are you going to show up today? I give you permission to do that. And I think that's something that we can do every day, whether, whether it's just like a prayer in first second you wake up, just saying like, God, like whatever you want today to be, however you want to use me, my eyes are open. You know, I, I'm here to receive. And by doing that, like we're humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, I'm giving you permission just to work in my life and use me however you see fit. Um, and so I love that practice. I, I might have to go get myself a, a journal <laughs> to start one of those. It sounds yeah. great. But no, what you said, you know, and it makes sense. And I, it makes me think of the scripture, uh, you know, a humble and contrite heart, God, you will not spurn, you know, and um, I believe that's where, you know, when, whenever be it myself in, in my journey, or really anyone, uh, it is, it is a great hope that no matter where, uh, we are no matter what, you know, especially, you know, with my experience, it was my fault, you know, it was my own doing. And, um, you know, many people have had different traumatic experiences, you know, to know that, 
that God will never refuse a humble and contrite heart, you know, and, uh, you know, I had nothing to offer God. Everything to that point was, <laughs> was a disaster except for, you know, my broken self and, you know, my humility, you know, God, uh, I messed up, you know, can you, can you, it's broken. Can you fix it? You know? And, um, uh, you know, so yeah, I think it's, it's a great hope, uh, for all of us to know that we can always go to God with a humble and contrite heart and, and ask for help, you know, and, uh, God will not refuse us, you know, uh, when we come to him like that, you know? Yes. Yeah. So good. So beautiful. You mentioned the rosary has been a really big de devotion, but what has been some of your standout influences on your journey? It sounds like books and the rosary have played really important roles, but if there are any other things that you want to mention or, or resources for people that might be in a similar boat or going through a similar journey that uh, you could point them to. Yeah, one of the one of the, my favorite books um, that uh, I read. Oh, here it is. <laughs> the Secret to the Rosary. Oh. So this is by Saint Louis Marie de Montfort, and what an influential book this has been in my life. It is. Uh, it is uh, inspired me to have this as my number one devotion and. Um, and I've seen the fruits, I've seen the fruits of the rosary and um, I, I enjoy to, um, you know, meditate, especially on like the passion of Christ. And I find it uh, very inspiring, um, you know, how uh, St. Augustine says, you know, the, the, um, the New Testament lies hidden in the old. And um, as you look at some of the uh, uh, servant, um, uh, the suffering servant uh, oracles from like Isaiah chapter 53 or uh, Isaiah chapter 50 or uh, Psalm 22. And I, I enjoy as I'm meditating on like the, uh, the mysteries of Christ's passion to draw from those uh, references and see, I feel that I can find out a lot about uh, Jesus and what he went through uh, from the Old Testament, which is so, uh, it really bolsters my faith to, to see that all of this was uh, foretold hundreds of years before Christ even set foot on the earth and uh, his story was told, you know, and uh, we can get a great idea, um, you know, about what he went through. You know, I, I think of certain verses like um, a pack of evildoers surrounds me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can number all of my bones. All who see me mock me. They curl their lips and they jeer. Um, they stare at me and, and gloat for my garments. They cast lots. And I enjoy, it uh, really strengthens my faith to look into those Old Testament passages and see the foretelling of Christ's uh, suffering and sacrifice for us. 
so that has been really uh, up to date. Probably the thing I've been delving into most recently that's been inspiring for my faith and and things like that. And um, like I said, I'm reading the book to uh, Life is Messy, which is really kind of helpful for me to understand that, hey, I'm not the only one going through struggles and difficulties in life. And, um, you know, and I see that I see that in the past few months, I've seen more people with uh, really great difficulties that they're uh, struggling with and going through and uh, and knowing that we're all, you know, we're all struggling. We're all, uh, you know, walking the walk, trying to make it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That the scripture, just like in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Uh, that's been popping up everywhere for me lately. And I think it's exactly like what you're what you're talking about. There's no avoiding the suffering. The only way, you know, to the resurrection is is by the cross. And we each have to we each have our own crosses that we just have to journey through and carry. Um and that's that's amazing though, just like the ways that you've um yeah, the the resources that you've found to be able to enter more deeply into your relationship and ponder those mysteries. I love the way you were talking about the rosary. It's just so powerful. Um, and you shared one scripture verse in your journey, but the last question we we usually ask our guests before we open it up for Q&A. So if you're listening, start popping some questions into the chat for Dale about his story, and we'll, we'll take those in just a minute. Um, but the last question we hope to ask is, can you share with us one scripture verse that is either speaking to you recently or that has played a foundational role in your journey and why? Um, gosh, I would say uh, right now, it, uh, all that kind of comes to mind is like I mentioned with the, um, you know, with the with the passion verses, you know, that is really a strength in my faith. Perhaps one other one that I uh, that helps me at work because at, at work I encounter people who are all different walks of life, you know, from atheists to uh, everything you could imagine, be it patients or coworkers or whatnot. And uh, one thing that perhaps helps me to share a common ground uh, of reason with with others who may not share my faith is um, something St. Paul said, and it's um, in a nutshell, I can't remember the exact verse, but it's God is clearly evident in the things he has made. And I feel it's a way that I can relate to people of intelligence and people of reason, uh, you know, when they question, you know, why are you, you know, why do you, I don't believe in God, you know, I don't believe there's a God that exists. And, um, for me, it's a very simple way to, in a sense, um, defend God's existence, you know, that God is 
uh, you know, clearly evident in the miracles that we see in the human body and uh, in all of creation, you know, the animals and um, the planets and, and everything that there is out there has a um, has a intelligence uh, built into it. And um, uh, so that has been helpful uh, in encountering a world that uh, sometimes <laughs> isn't uh, on the same page as, as myself or, or yourself or others of faith, you know. Um, it's a uh, constant, um, uh, everyone's, and, and, and just a thought that has really helped me over the past maybe 10 years is when I look at someone and when I see someone, uh, no matter where they are, I look at them, and I try to look at them as a uh, potential, be it a potential believer in God, a potential Christian, a potential saint, a potential, you know, and trying to look at their potential rather than, you know, I guess the human nature is when I see someone to be, you know, judgmental of this person, of that person or, or whatnot. And that helps me to, uh, I think, see with more uh, eyes of faith, you know, of the potential of this person that although that where they are might now might be hostile to religion or to the faith, they have the potential just like I had, you know, at the time that I was hostile to the faith or negative towards it, you know, and, uh, you know, yet uh, there's always that potential for a conversion for, uh, for God to reach and touch someone's heart and, and change someone's life, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, oh my gosh, that's so, so similar to just the way I approach it now, you know, it's just, I, I was talking to someone and like, we were, I forget the exact thing we were saying, but basically I just ended up saying like, they were like, well, what are, you know, like atheists do? And I'm like, I mean, they're Catholics waiting to happen. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, what are they to you? Like, I don't know. It's just like, I mean, I don't, I, yeah, I guess it's just that's the only way you can really look at it is like in invitations and just patience, obviously, and understanding even when they're hostile or negative, but just like realizing that, yeah, the whole I mean, that's the way the Lord sees it, right? Like he's always pursuing their hearts to come back um, and to come to him and come closer to him. And if we approach our day and our world like that, just what a beautiful way to approach differences instead of, um, you know, feeling like we are just against each other. It's like, how can I journey with you and come with you in, in where you are and invite you to, you know, whenever I feel the nudge from the Holy spirit, invite you to take a step closer or, um, you know, even just witness too in your life. Uh, and those little seeds that we're planting along the way that are helping their hearts to maybe open up, like in so, so clearly happened in your own journey too. Um, 
which I still have a couple questions for you, but I'll save it for the Q&A part. So we're going to take a second and hear from today's episode sponsor, and then we're going to take questions. So pop your questions in the chat now. All right, we'll be right back. Hi, my friend. I hope you are enjoying this incredible conversion story so far. Well, I have another amazing love story to share with you today. God truly works in the most amazing ways. This is the true story of Jocelyn from Singapore and John Paul from the Philippines. One day, Jocelyn overheard a group of women talking about asking Pope St. John Paul II to intercede for their love life. A little while later, she just happened to stumble upon a prayer card of Pope St. John Paul II. Well, she prayed the prayer on the prayer card and asked JP2 to intercede for her love life. In a matter of just days, she received a message on Catholic Match from a man named John Paul. <laughs> after chatting for a little, he revealed that he was actually named John Paul after Pope St. John Paul II. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It's just so wild how the saints intercede for us and they're so alive working through these vehicles to bring about God's will for our lives, especially when it comes to love. Amazing. You truly cannot make these things up. God is just so creative and he out creates us every time. Catholic Match is the largest dating app designed specifically for single Catholics. It is bringing together real Catholics from across the world right now. From video chats to direct message, this app makes it easy to find and connect with other faithful Catholic singles. And the best part, it's completely free. What are you waiting for? This might just be the Holy Spirit nudge just in time for Valentine's Day. Visit catholicmatch.com slash to grow good to create a free account today. We are so grateful to Catholic Match for supporting this mission, helping us to get these incredible stories of God at work out with others. So if you're looking for a way to support the show, support the mission, and also maybe meet some other faithful, like-minded single Catholics that are out there in the world today, visit togrowgood.com slash, oh my gosh, catholicmatch.com slash to grow good, catholicmatch.com slash to grow good to create a free Catholic Match account today. All right, we're back. Okay, so I see at least one question here in the chat and hopefully some more people. I know you have some questions. You're watching. I see you. So pop them in the chat for Dale to, to answer. All right, well, we have one here from Mav Hunter, and it says, a lot of people lose faith when they come of age. Some become, quote unquote, cultural Christians. Others drop out of faith altogether. Why do you think that is? That's a good question. Um, I think that uh, what's, I know in my life, you know, I, I grew up um, and I w went through the motions of the faith, but never really had that personal involvement. And, and I think it really takes that uh, personal involvement in the faith, but also also, also, also the continual nourishment uh, of the faith, be it uh, uh, the church, the sacraments, the mass, um, spiritual reading, the Bible, staying 
Um, one thing that has really helped me out a lot in my faith journey and um, has to is to set out a period of time every day to spend with God. So for me, that works after after a meal. So after every meal, uh, the days that I'm not working. So this is when I'm not at work. But uh, when I have a meal, breakfast, lunch or dinner, I set a certain amount of time and that can be whatever time is uh, works for you. But to, to keep with that time and I spend that time with God uh, every day, be it, uh, you know, prayer, spiritual reading, reading the Bible, something that helps to engage me in faith. And I try to maintain that consistently. If I miss the time, I try to make it up and um, uh, uh, staying consistent with that for that continual, because our faith needs that, especially in the world today, needs that continual nourishment uh, every day, you know, um, especially the more that we're in the secular environment, the more we need that, uh, that nourishment from God, you know. Yeah, what a great, that's such a good answer. And yeah, I've actually been praying a lot with um, just the Israelites in the desert and the manna that God gave to them every day. And it was fresh every day. And if if they tried to hoard it or store it or like, you know, save a bunch of it for a long time, it would go bad because they had to get it fresh every day. And I think the Lord just yeah, that's like just like us with our with our faith life. You know, we have to nourish it every day or else it will go bad. It will go stale, you know, and um, I, I love what you were saying about making that time for that one-to-one connection with God, whatever that looks like for you, because that's what's going to nourish that faith on a daily basis to keep that fire burning, you know, and I think it was Beth Davis who I just love at Blessed Is She, but she was talking about one time how the graces of the sacraments are amazing, obviously. I mean, they're everything. But just it's almost like when you make a chocolate milk and all the chocolate goes down to the bottom and you have to like stir it up to get that chocolate like up all throughout the milk. And just like that's like what it's like when we're nourishing our faith that we're we're stirring up our chocolate milk so that we're getting it all throughout, you know, everything that we do. And then we're really living and breathing it rather than just letting those amazing graces, you know, go untouched uh, or unacted upon. And so it's up to us to really receive them and act on them and give our yes to them. Um, Especially, like you said, in today's world, it's so easy to go astray if we're not doing that um, on on a daily basis, really. Uh, But thank you so much. This is a great question. If anyone has any other questions – Pop them into the chat. I have a question that I've been sitting on, so I'll uh, I'll ask it. I want to hear more about, yeah, just like that journey of when you were talking about how it was like partying and faith, and then eventually it became like faith over the partying, and just what that was like with your relationships and your your friendships, your family. You know, how did you navigate that? Was it confusing at times, I'm, I'm sure, or hard. I would just love to hear you talk more about that aspect. Yeah, it was, um, 
you know, it, it was it was certainly confusing at times because, you know, as you can imagine, you're having at, at times, you know, you're having positive influences, you know, of the Bible and church. And at the same time, you're having the negative influences of the, you know, everything sinful, the clubbing, uh, getting drunk and uh, those type of things. So it is, it is, it's messy, you know, like uh, Matthew Kelly says, life is messy, you know, it's a, it's a messy journey. And uh, thanks be to God, <laughs> that God won the, the battle, you know. Uh, so, um, but yeah, you know, uh, the things that that helped were, um, you know, not only that, but different forms of uh, volunteering, you know, everything that you can imagine that is, you know, constructive for one's faith, be it prayer or uh, spiritual reading, volunteering, um, church and uh, positive uh, friendships. And it, it definitely certainly helped to have others uh, going through the same thing that that I was at the time, be it my brother, you know, who which we are both still very close now and um, our other friend. And um, uh, so that was helpful, but yeah, it, it, is, it, it is messy, you know, it was a messy journey, you know, uh, like I say, very gradual, but um, uh, you know, it was, it, it seemed to be pretty constant though. It, it seemed to be pretty constant, the, uh, the growth. There wasn't a lot of, you know, like uh, high and then crash type of thing. It was like, you know, they, they were just kind of going somehow, some way they were go, both going at the same time. And, uh, you know, very gradually, you know, uh, it, it really, I think is a testimony to, you know, God's gentleness, uh, you know, how it wasn't like an ultimatum, like, okay, you need to stop partying and you need to stop it today. You know, it was never that ultimatum that I got from the spirit. You know, it was always, you know, a gradual encouraging of the things that were good and a gradual discouraging of the things that were bad. There was never any, you know, um, uh, you know, this is bad. You need to stop it now. That's it. You know, maybe, and maybe God works different ways for different people you know some people may need to hear that you know everyone's different but you know the way that that I am God knows that I'm more on the gentle side you know that I needed more the gentle you know God gave me what I needed the gentle encouraging and the gentle discouraging you know and eventually that uh was enough for me to to progress forward you know yeah yeah so beautiful yeah and even just as you were talking, it, it stirred my memory too of just when you were telling your story, just like how when you were really in that dark place and you kept saying like, I didn't want to tell anyone. I felt like I couldn't tell anyone. And just how the evil one works in that place. Like he loves to keep things in the dark because when we keep things in the dark and we're ashamed and we're too afraid to tell anyone about it, you know, we're not reaching out for help. 
and we're and we, we're telling ourselves all these lies about what other people think or that we we're not worthy or we don't deserve it or God couldn't care. You know, all these things and all these thoughts that we have that keep us from reaching out to God or reaching out to someone else for help. And it was just so clear when you were when you were describing that in your story and then to hear you now talking about just like the power of community and how when we are living out our faith, we're stronger with other people. And that's because God is like life and he's love and he's light. And so when we're bringing these things out into the light and we're living our faith out with others and sharing our faith with others, like the faith is cultivated and grown and it helps our own, our own hearts and our own journeys to become closer to God by doing that. And I just wanted to like point that out because in, in your story so clearly this like imagery of like darkness and light and how when you were finally able, I'm sure you had people praying for you that you maybe didn't even, you weren't even aware of at the time, but that moment when you finally got on your knees and just asked for grace, asked for help and how the light just like slowly started trickling in and you started, you know, living these things out with other people more and more and more. And then the more you were open to it, the more God was able to work with you and give you more things. And just how in each one of our stories, I think it's worth pondering that, you know, difference between like, what are we keeping in? What are we ashamed to share? And what have we brought out into the light? Because whatever we bring out into the light and give to God, he can, he can then heal. Um, Oh, I think this is your sister, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's my sister. She's the one that gave me the books. <laughs> she didn't ask you a question. I guess she's. <laughs> but she said, thanks for sharing, Dale. Amazing transformation story. Love and miss you lots, Karen. Oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> that must be so cool for her just to see, you know. Yeah, to hear, like, because she probably never knew how those those books, you know, affected me. And uh, same with my brother, you know, uh, you just never know, you know, the things that uh, affect people, you know. Uh, and sometimes, you know, things are seeds are planted, but they don't grow or bloom till till later on, you know. And um, so, yeah, yeah. I, and I think, you know, back to what you were saying, Rachel, you know, I think that, you know, God and his genius, you know, that's why I believe, you know, one of the reasons God designs the church, you know, that we have a community uh, a, a place where uh, we can gather and sometimes be it an online community, sometimes be it uh, whatever be uh, uh, available, but, you know, um, uh, to have have that, you know, community, you know, because after all, you know, we're one body in Christ, you know, so um, to have that gathering and, and community uh, on a regular basis uh, is, you know, part of, I think, God's genius and God's design of the church, you know, to gather all people together into one, um, uh, one people, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so beautiful. Yes, because we really are. We're made for this communion ultimately forever with God. And so, and then we image God, each one of us. And so when we come together in community, 
it brings peace and happiness and inner joy because we're, we're, we're living out our ultimate calling. Um, and it's a taste, a foretaste of what's come, you know, in eternity, God willing. But just it, I just love to ponder that too. It's like there's a reason why when we tap into that community and we're living out our mission in Christ with others that it resonates so, so powerfully and really feeds our own faith and feeds others. And then also people watching or in our lives are like, wait, I want that. Like that, they seem like they got something going on over there. Like I kind of want to know more about that. And it's intriguing and attractive for other people too, to, to be able to see that friendship or that witness of the faith in others. So Gosh, this has been amazing, Dale. Thank you so, so much for just sharing your story and being with us here tonight. It's truly amazing to hear the ways that God worked in your life in such, such powerful ways. I think my favorite part of your journey is, is that moment that you surrendered and you started for a couple days in a row just getting on your knees and asking God for help and just how after that moment, you can barely clearly see how God started giving you little little nuggets to begin your journey back to him. Um, is there anything else you wanted to share before we sign off here? Yeah, just one other thing was, you know, I, I thank you too, Rachel. I remember one time, it was a few years ago where I was in prayer and, you know, I was asking, you know, God, what is, you know, the, uh, the what is, you know, the purpose of my life? What do you want me to do? And one of the main things that came to mind was telling of what God has done in my life. And, you know, this has given me, uh, you know, that opportunity. So I thank you for, you know, having this uh, program and, and I'm sure others uh, appreciate it a lot, but it, it's one other way, you know, uh, that I have the opportunity to, to say, you know, what God has done in my life, how God has taken me from darkness and put me into light. And, um, you know, uh, so I thank you for the, uh, for the opportunity. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Dale. Yeah. And if, if there's anywhere people can find you or if they have questions, do you want to share any, anything that are you out there on any platforms or anything? Uh, I have my email. I do have, I'm not the greatest at this, but I do have a uh, YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know if you can find it just by looking for my name or, uh, or I can give my email maybe or. Sure. Um, yeah. If you want to. It's up to uh, you. If I can, uh, hold I on. can also link your channel in the description after this. So people can find oh, uh, yeah, your yeah, channel. That, that might be the yeah. easiest. <laughs> and then in my channel too, I think I have my, um, well, I'll give you my channel and my email just in case anyone wants to uh, communicate, feel welcome. You know, if you, um, uh, at any, anything, have any questions or want to communicate, uh, feel welcome to contact me. Awesome. Okay, great. Well, I'll link it, um, after cause it, you can't find your email right now. Can you? Oh, no, I can give you my email. Okay, yeah, wait, go ahead and say it. Just because some people listen oh. to the show, audio oh. only. <laughs> so if you want to say your email, if you want to, you can share it. Yeah, so my email is my first name, D-A-L-E-M-I-L-C uh, at hotmail.com. 
Awesome. So if you have any questions or need advice or if you have a similar situation or someone you know, you can always reach out to Dale and he he can uh, direct your questions. Well, thank you so much, Dale, for joining us again. This was such a joy and a gift and can't wait to uh, share it, share it with others. So thank you again. Oh, you're welcome, Rachel. Thank you. All right. Bye. I'll let you go. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of To Grow Good. This was so powerful and so amazing for my my own faith walk in my own heart tonight. I pray that this helped you in some way, that maybe something that Dale shared was exactly what you needed to hear, or maybe it prompted you to want to share this with someone in your life that is in a similar boat or or who has um, experienced something similar. So I want to invite you right now to share this episode with someone in your life. If you feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit, go ahead and hit share. It'll give you a link on YouTube or on podcasting platform, wherever you're listening or watching this, and you can share it right now with someone in your life. And maybe it'll be like in Dale's story with the handing of that book at the perfect time that their heart just was beginning to crack open to allow the Lord to work in their lives. Um, I also want to invite you to hit subscribe. If you are watching on YouTube, there's a big subscribe button. Hit subscribe. Help this channel grow. You could leave a comment to help the video get more views and show up higher in the, um, the news feed and be suggested videos for other people that might be seeking conversion stories or maybe just beginning to uh, – open their heart to God just a little bit. Um, I know in my own journey, listening to other people's stories helped so much to fortify my own faith and realize what God was doing in my life. Um, And then lastly, I want to invite you to join the email list at togrowgood.com and you can receive free weekly devotions written by a Catholic woman every week. Um, And then I also send out an email every time we upload a new conversion story so you'll never miss one. If you're listening on any podcasting platform, hit subscribe. And I also want to invite you over there to leave a review. That helps to refer the show to others. Um, So if you leave a written review, I also love to just read them. (laughs) It's always such a gift just to hear how these stories are impacting you or making a difference in your life. Um, Thank you so much. And we will see you next week for the next live conversion story on YouTube on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. I hope to see you then. Cannot wait. Until next time, I hope you just have a grace-filled, wonderful week. Bye, all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of To Grow Good. There are a number of ways you can support this mission. Follow us on Instagram at togrowgood. Join the email list at togrowgood.com for free weekly devotions written by Catholic women, a monthly newsletter with the most impactful content along my journey home to the church, and a notification each time we upload a new episode. Share this episode with a friend, a family member, a loved one, or a coworker. Leave a written review on Apple Podcasts to help refer the show to others who might be seeking. And you can pray. Pray for this show to reach the souls that God wishes for it to reach. If you are praying for To Grow Good, please be sure to reach out and let me know at Podcast at gmail.com. Finally, you can help to cover the financial cost to create and produce this show. 
For as little as one ice latte a month, you could join our little community here at To Grow Good, the branches of the vine, in exchange for monthly bonus episodes, gifts from the To Grow Good shop, and more. You can learn more by visiting patreon.com slash to grow good. Thank you so much for being here, friend, and I will see you next time.